High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, Greg, Peter, Bobby, Marsha, Jan, Cindy, and hey, let's give a special shout out to Cousin Oliver. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school center films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party is at my place this evening. But first, school apparently is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. So we're still apparently in our senior year. It is fall, so I guess we're on the fall calendar. We're pretty much episode to episode at this point. I don't know what's taking Joey Lewandowski and Mike Manzi, the co-creators and founders of the Cage Club Podcast Network, this podcast network. I don't know what's taking them so long in deciding the fate of High School Slumber Party. I'm on edge every day just wondering if this show is going to continue it's scary. It's scary. I guess they're just too busy talking about Tom Hanks' Pinocchio films or something. I don't know. But we're still here. We're going to make the most of it. So today, I decided get a little nostalgic, right? Talk about a film that I remember from my childhood. Talk about a show I remember from my childhood with someone I remember from my childhood because he's my brother. Kenny Rodriguez is our guest today. We welcome him back, and we're talking the Brady Bunch movie, the 1995 Brady Bunch movie. But before that, remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. While you're there, give us a positive review or a five-star rating. Anything to help save this show, people. Also, class participation is a huge part of your grade. So participate by following us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, High School Slumber Party. I also have a personal Twitter at OhMyRodriguez, O-H-M-Y Rodriguez. Follow me there. Support the show any way you can. Whoa, whoa, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. Maybe that's why we haven't been renewed yet for another season. Maybe that's why we're going episode by episode. I don't know, because you can't sit still. Pay attention. I hope you did your homework and you watched the Brady Bunch movie. It's available on Paramount Plus and a bunch of other places. We have such a blast talking this film. And I feel like, again, if you know, you know. If you know the show and you know this movie, great. If not, then maybe it's not your favorite. <laughs> but let's get on with it. Let's take it away with something off the Brady Bunch soundtrack. Let's just do the theme to the Brady Bunch, which is sung by the cast members here. So pack your favorite jammies, tell your mother you sent me at Brian's, because we're about to get our party on. Class dismissed. Here's a story of a lovely lady who was bringing up three very lovely girls. All of them had hair of gold, like their mother, the youngest one in curls. Here's a story of a man named Brady who 
welcome back to High School Slumber Party. You've been here before, but just a reminder, you introduce yourself by saying your name, high school, graduating class, and let's get into this interesting movie that has been in academic conversations lately. Well, kind of, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, hi, I'm Kenny Rodriguez. I went to Northern Valley Regional High School at Old Tapan, um, just like you, and I graduated in 2013. 2013, The Golden Knights, um, of course... You have the same last name as me, as you are my brother, just to clarify people who are listening. And this is a movie I've wanted to cover for a while. I think we talked about it randomly. Yeah. It's the Brady Bunch movie from 1995. So off the bat, I have to ask, what is your history with the Brady Bunch itself? All right. So my history with the Brady Bunch itself, I think, obviously stems from uh, our mother and more specifically stems from when she uh, realized that The Brady Bunch was coming out on DVD. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so she promptly bought uh, about every season and then made me watch every season. So I've seen every single Brady Bunch episode. I was actually curious about this question because for me, again, you're born in 94, I'm born in 87. So in the 90s, there's this huge 70s cultural revival, which we'll talk into. And also... It went from, you know, TV for most of its history through like the 70s. There was 10 channels, maybe five channels. I don't even know. Then cable. But the original cable only had like 30 channels. And that's kind of the cable I grew up with. You know, Nickelodeon turned to Nick at Night at Night, which I think it still does. But it's like Friends now. But it was the Brady Bunch back then. And then TV Land and we got like 100 more channels. It blew everybody's mind. But there was a huge revival of Brady Bunch syndication in the 90s. Like when I went to middle school specifically, people would come to school and talk about the Brady Bunch. Oh Not like it was new <laughs> and always making fun of it, but yet everyone watched it. So you know, they were, you know what I mean? You know it was like, yeah. again, the 90s, as we'll see here, a lot of irony, a lot of angst. <laughs> it was there. And it was also there. It was also present in middle school. So you'd always be like... Yeah, I watched the Brady Bunch. Like, it was on in the background, you know? Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely was not the same when I watched the Brady Bunch. No one was watching the Brady Bunch. <laughs> That's why I was curious uh, with you being so much younger, like, what your history with the show was. Because, again, like, everyone of my generation, generation, you know, everyone of my micro-generation <laughs> knows the Brady Bunch and pretty much knows all the episodes. And the thing was, too, they used to run commercials for all the greatest moments and scenes and clips and watching this today i realized if you have never seen the brady bunch this is probably the worst movie ever made (laughs) yeah there's there's no way you even understand what's happening like (laughs) (laughs) like this is just an extended pre-youtube brady bunch greatest hits highlight played by other actors and don't get me wrong i i laughed at a lot of moments in this film that's not me dissing it but this is definitely not a movie to bring the Brady Bunch to a future generation. <laughs> this no. Is the... <laughs> no, like, I, I feel like I'm probably one of the youngest people who understands, like, the references that are being made in this movie. This is something I discuss with my friends a lot. Like, where you're born in a family kind of matters into, like, what pop culture you skew. So, like, I'm the oldest, and... Yeah. Yet, I know a lot about things that were a little younger than me, like 
I don't know why Yu-Gi-Oh is coming to mind, but you know, <laughs> things like that, or you know, things you enjoyed that if someone was like a friend of mine who's the youngest sibling has no idea what I'm talking about, right? But he yeah. knows stuff from the 80s that I don't know. But since you're the youngest, you you skew with a lot of pop culture upward, if that makes sense, like older yeah. stuff. This movie came out two months after I was born. Which is crazy. I didn't even think so it was that old. Even the 90s stuff, I didn't even <laughs> experience. Like, <Fair. laughs> like so, so just that alone is like something I didn't even experience, let alone the Brady Bunch of it all. I have only one memory of this movie when it came out. I did not see it when it came out. I saw it maybe on TV. And there's a TV moment that I want to discuss later. But and then eventually... I think we got the DVD or whatever. Yeah, yeah. We own we own both the first oh, and the yes. second on DVD. And honestly, I don't know. I really want to rewatch the second one because I think I might like that one better. The second one's better. Okay, okay. See, I, I was watching this. I'm like, I was waiting for moments that I think happened in the second one. Wait, you're, you're waiting for sure, Jan, yes. George, Trump, George Glass, and yeah, that's in the uh, second one. Yeah. The second one really leans into it. <laughs> and that's saying a lot if you watch this one. But... Um, I remember, believe it or not, in 1995, being at our grandparents' house and our mother and a couple of the aunts discussing whether they should go to the theater and see this movie. Oh my God. I don't think they did, but <laughs> okay. like that's the only memory I had of it at the time. I've watched this movie a ton, a ton. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, to be fair, but what really piqued my interest recently was reading... Chuck Klosterman's book, The 90s, which I recommend to everyone. It's a really great book. But he has just kind of a little throwaway paragraph about this movie, saying that even though it's a, it's about a 70s TV show, it might be one of the most 90s movies you can watch <laughs> because of the comparisons between the two decades. And, and like I said, the 90s was obsessed with the 70s, as every decade gets obsessed with a different decade yeah. right we became obsessed with the 90s still quite recently i don't know if like yep. the aughts are gonna become super popular soon who knows but i remember even as a kid thinking not even as a kid like 10 years ago thinking like the 90s are never gonna be cool and then they got really <laughs> yeah. cool yeah but my point is you see it in this movie both a hell of a lot of 70s nostalgia but also a hell of a lot of 90s angst and it's a good depiction of what 1995 high school was like if you look at the margins of the film. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure when this movie came out, it was like, oh my god, the 70s, so insane, so crazy. <laughs> but watching it now, you're like, oh my god. Like, these cell phones in the 90s, like, a car phone, period. <laughs> like, <laughs> a car phone, uh, grunge, like, thinking grunge would, like, become a huge thing, like, on and on through the years, and, like... It's such a 90s thing. Absolutely. Just the flannel, like the grunge look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, the I don't like care attitude of every single person who's not, I shouldn't say I don't care, like cynical, you know, like yeah. the cynical attitude of every single person not in the Brady's and how they make fun of the Brady's positivity. It's yep. interesting. It's interesting <laughs> because like we're neither 70s people today, nor are we 90s people. Like both those futures didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I will say there are things in this movie, which we can get into later, that some, like, progressiveness in terms of, like, there's a lesbian character who they don't make fun of in the movie, really. Marsha treats her totally the same. They have a gay, gay neighbors who they barely even, like, yeah. in the movie. 
<laughs> so, like, a lot of this movie still surprised me. There's a lot of that that I didn't notice. And I was actually afraid of the lesbian character because I thought she was going to be depicted more predatory, as you've seen in movies. But yeah. She's, she's really not. No, she's just, like, her best friend who obviously has a crush on her, but but isn't, like, yeah, isn't predatory at all. Do you know your history with, with the movie specifically, or is it just a roll into the, to your history with the TV show? I, I don't know if I necessarily know as much of the history with the movie, because, again, like, I was two months old. <laughs> and I feel like this movie very, very much fell into my lap <laughs> as, as I grew up. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but, again, I, I definitely combine both this one and the sequel together in my head when I'm yeah. thinking about it and, like, quoting it and stuff. And Not that I quote it regularly, but it's in my head a bunch. We'll put it that way. Yeah. If you're not familiar with the Brady Bunch, YouTube it, Google it. I feel weird saying that because everyone I know is. But you're right, younger people might not be. That's not a show that has translated nostalgia-wise to 2022. No. The movie was on Paramount+. Plus. Is the Brady Bunch on Paramount+, Plus? like the show? Uh, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's not. Wow. Did you watch this movie on Paramount+. Plus? Yeah. Oh, I watched this on Amazon. That's, that's, that's oh, it's free on Amazon, too? Yeah, it was. Okay, whatever. Maybe it's free and multiple. It's a Paramount movie. <laughs> it is so. a Paramount movie. It is It is a Paramount movie. It is currently free on Pluto TV. But okay, also... Which is, which is Paramount. Paramount. Which oh, Okay, because also apparently it's on Paramount+. Plus. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. And they have the uh, the drag queen version. Oh, we could, we could talk about that later when we discuss, <laughs> you know impact and sequels <laughs> yeah. yeah so you could you could easily watch the brady bunch it might be hard to digest if you don't get it but once you're in it does become addicting and so many of the lines have translated through pop culture um i think at least but uh, and we don't get all of them in this movie we get a, a no. lot of them in the second movie um, but here's the back of the dvd for the brady bunch movie break out the double knits and roll out the astroturf because the bunch is back in a groovy good time romp for the ages okay mike and carol have just one week to come up with twenty thousand dollars in back taxes or they lose their house to a scheming neighbor to make matters worse marcia gets a swollen nose on a date night cindy's addiction to tattling and jan's hearing of a psychotic inner voice crying marcia 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 of course these are the brady's and when the kids enter a talent contest with a twenty thousand dollar purse well let's just say it's a sunshine day oh boy is it one other thing i wanted to touch on before getting cast and talking about some of our favorite scenes and whatever we want to talk about this was also something that was very popular in the 90s i found very little production notes for this film unfortunately so i had to do a deeper dive they made a ton of these things and they didn't always stick right they still make them today i mean tv shows into movies they did it back then in such an ironic way. It was always like making fun of the subject matter a little bit. Yeah. Uh, unless they were for kids, like Inspector Gadget and stuff, right? Uh, George of the Jungle. But there's a Beverly Hillbillies movie that I've never seen. Um, Lost in Space they made a movie of. There's a Flintstones movie. Yep. There's two Flintstones <laughs> movies. What, what, what year was um, Josie and the Pussycats? Oh, that's... I think I was in high school when that was. Oh, okay, so, so that's, that's a bit later. Uh, just a bit later. I think it was yeah. 2002 or something along those yeah. lines. So you're still in that mode. Um, but Josie and Pussycat's a great example. And it's not like quite recently we had a different version of remaking shows like 
Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Riverdale where they were like slightly darker. Like yeah. that's not what I'm talking about. There was an era here where they're just like, you remember that show you liked? Let's point and laugh at it in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what what I love about a lot of those movies though is how much like love of the original that you can feel in these movies. They still keep the sincerity of all these characters. And and that's the thing that's so weird about that and the 90s in general, right? Like it's almost like a pretend angst. It's it's like you you pretend you're making fun of it, but you're watching cuz you love it. Yeah. I can't really rationalize it. Um but it's cool. Like I was digging this movie because I, I, and not to use the lingo of the time, but, but because of, you're exactly right, the love they put into the characters. And clearly, clearly the person who wrote this script watched every episode. And that might be silly to say, but there are a lot of times, I remember when they did a, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the Tim Burton one. They were like bragging, like, we never saw the Gene Wilder <laughs> one. We're just going off the book, like, okay, you know? Yeah. So the other production notes I found were that this was the number one movie when it came out. No. It didn't make a lot of money. It only made $54 million. But that's not nothing to, like, slouch at. The budget could not have been that big. Yeah. I mean, I mean, looking at the cast now, some of the cast now, I'm like, whoa. Like, some of these names. Yes. I mean, I don't know what it was then, obviously, but... <laughs> But I imagine a lot of the budget went to some of the cast they, they got. Maybe. If you look at it, some of this cast is like the first time I've seen a lot of these people. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like now I'm like, oh, Gene Smart. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? I did not remember she was in this movie. I remember no. this character. I didn't realize yeah. it was her. I'm like, Gene Smart, who's having did such a moment. Realize. Yeah. Did not realize it was her. <laughs> I know certain actors have told me that like, some, saying someone pays their dues is like condescending, like that a true actor takes any part and makes it amazing. But I don't care. Gene Smart paid her dues. I'm yeah, put it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did want to well, note though the director, woman director, rare I did to see, see that. in that in that era, and and honestly even today, but it's a lot less rare. Betty Thomas is her name, and there was an interesting statistic about her. If you list the top twenty highest grossing films by a woman director. She has two films in them. Really? Yes. What's the other one? It's, it's not even this one, I think, honestly. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, she has two movies that grossed over $200 million. So, not the Brady Bunch. It's The first one is yeah. the Eddie Murphy version of Dr. Doolittle. Okay, the first one, yeah. Yeah. And then, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Seek. The Squeakquel. Sorry, the Squeakquel. No. Oh my god. By the way, I've talked about this with like some friends off air. Have you ever seen the total gross for the Alvin and the Chipmunks uh what do you call it? The Is it a trilogy? Is it a I think it's a trilogy. A <laughs> there might be four movies. But yeah. Me and my friends looked this up once and our our jaws were on the floor with the total gross. Well, I remember, I think it was the Squeakquel, when the Squeakquel came out. I remember, like, just weekly, it was, like, number one box office. Like, <laughs> back to back to back. Like, it was unstoppable. Okay, so I got the numbers. There's actually four Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. So the Chipmunk Adventure. Wait, no, that doesn't count. You don't count Chip, the Chipmunk Adventure. Well, Chipwrecked. I know Chipwrecked, I think, is the There's third three. one. They, okay, they can't count the stupid animated movie in this list. I want it, the list without it. <laughs> so let me just do quick math here. 
So there's Alvin and the Chipmunks. There's Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked. And Alvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks, the Road Chip. Which I didn't know existed. Yeah, I didn't know that one existed either. Worldwide revenue for this series, $1,380,000,000. That's insane. $1,380,000,000, these chipmunk movies. So you direct one, you made money. (laughs) That's that's insane. (laughs) Just on the fact of other movies I didn't know existed, I didn't realize the Brady Bunch had a third movie. Oh, we're going to talk about that. I had no idea <laughs> no either. You know idea. what? We might as well talk about it now. So this would spawn a sequel, which I want to cover on High School Slumber Party. The Very Brady sequel, which we already said might be better. It, incredible sequel. Yeah. I think everything I think about this movie is actually from the second <laughs> one. I'm of the also the persuasion that Wayne's World 2 is better than Wayne's World 1. They're movies of the same, a similar era. I Definitely, definitely think the sequel's better, but we'll have to watch it and see it. But you're right. In 2002, made for television, uh, Gary Cole came back. Um, did What's-Her-Name come back? I think she did. Yeah, Shelley Long came back. <laughs> yeah. But no one else, because again, I think they're still kids, which makes sense. And there was a third movie in the series called The Brady Bunch in the White House. I don't know what happens here. <laughs> yeah. I-, I hope it's a teen movie so we can cover it, because I'm very curious. I'm sure it's not great. But whatever, the Brady Bunch on the White House existed. And when you go to the Brady Bunch page, not the movie page, just to see what's up. Like, there are a lot of Brady Bunch movies after the Brady Bunch aired. Because the Brady Bunch aired from 69 to 74 and was not a hit. Like, it was just like a whatever show. But it was in syndication immediately. And kids of the 70s just watched it the entire decade. Ended up really liking it. And they made a ton of spin-off Brady Bunch movies, like The Brady Brides and a bunch oh of God. other weird stuff. Look it up. It's a it's a fun Wikipedia deep dive. I think there's at least six Brady Bunch movies. And there's a Brady Bunch variety show at one point. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about that. I remember hearing about that. <laughs> I, I was going to ask you about this because I wasn't familiar with this. But I saw on the Wikipedia page that there was a Brady Bunch drag thing. I know yes. you're a fan. I know you're a fan, so tell me about it. Yes, I, I honestly have not watched it, <laughs> but yeah, they, they recruited some of the like drag race queens to what they call drag the classics. Oh. And they did a whole Brady Bunch episode where like Cindy was a drag queen. <laughs> uh, like they were all played by drag queens. I'm pretty sure every character. <laughs> I'm going into it now. It doesn't look like Greg. Yeah, it looks like actually with some of the original, like the male characters were the original Bradys. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so th- all the sons were the same, but I think all the women were drag queens. Oh, interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, now, to me, that totally checks out because, like, I feel like the average age of a drag queen is around my not in the world. I'm saying like you know, drag race drag queen is like around my age. You know? Uh, you would think so. Why? There's some older ones? Or younger ones? No, I'm saying a lot of them are like 22. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, a lot of them are like younger than me. <laughs> I feel like the classics, though, are around my age. But yeah, but like but like the ones that are in this, for the most part, are like around your age. Yes, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I feel like that makes sense to them, and that's like relatable yeah. to them. <laughs> a, a Dominican queen is playing Cindy. Oh, interesting. In <laughs> interesting. Yeah. And what's fun and interesting about that too to me is that like 
this is gonna sound crazy, but there's an element of the the comedy in drag reminds me of sort of the camp of the Brady Bunch, and I think those worlds mix well. I haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, but hopefully it's good. No, and I mean, I think that's what this movie understands at its best. Mm. What is so shocking about this movie is that you can go in so many different directions when you think about a Brady Bunch movie. And this hard left turn that this writer took (laughs) is so brilliant and so stupid and worked (laughs) so well. And like, as we said, like it kind of ages interestingly mostly kind of because of the 90s part of it but still is so rewatchable i think it has a lot of rewatchability because i also feel like you could pop in this movie at any time like you don't need to watch it from beginning to end if it's on tv and it's halfway through whatever because and the 90s did that a lot that's why i brought up wayne's world there's a lot of movies that are like vignette style like uh yes there's a central plot but we also go here and go there especially comedies where they'll just like a lot of bits, and this movie is full of a lot of like Brady-related bits that I'm, I know I'm crazy, but I laughed at. Uh, let's get into the cast because I do want to talk about so many of these scenes. So we mentioned Gary Cole as Mike Brady. He's such an iconic Mike Brady to me. It's so good. Like he is actually essentially almost Mike Brady for me. <laughs> I, I might argue that he's a little bit better sometimes. <laughs> it's just, it's just so good, and honestly, this also gets back to it. We're like. He has so many quotable lines (laughs) in both movies. It's insane. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Oh, man. I like, again, his just, like, stupid Mike Brady explanations for things. or Not explanations, but, like, life lessons. You know, Cindy, when you tattle on someone, you're not just telling on them. You're telling on yourself. And by tattling on someone, you're really just telling them, I'm a tattletale. Now, is that the tale you want to tell? Jan... A real friend likes you for who you are, not what's on your face. If you judge your friends for passing judgment on you, you're not only judging yourself, you're judging your friends for judging you, and that would be using bad judgment. I never thought of it that way. No matter where we go, or whatever house we're in, we'll be fine as long as we're together. So I don't want to see any more frowns. We're Brady's. And as a wise man once said, wherever you go, there you are. Never thought of it that way, man. This family is our home. That's why we'll always have our home. As long as we have our family, even if we lose our house, we're still Brady's. There's a moment where I think it's Marsha who sums something up. And he's like, oh, yeah. that, that pretty much sums it up. But I'll try anyway. Yeah. It's, I couldn't put it better myself, Jan. But I'll try anyway. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious about Shelley Long as Carol Brady. Because like Shelley Long did so much Cheers. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest. It was this time rewatching it that I was like, is that Diane? <laughs> <laughs> because I think this is where it comes in. It's like, this movie does not fit in my life. Like, like it is before I was born. Shelley Long is not a star of my generation. She, she just isn't. She's <laughs> like, hardly a star of my generation, to be honest with you. Yeah, like, like, she's an 80s star, but it's interesting to think, like, she was the heroine of a, the most popular sitcom on TV, and she's deciding to take on a role as a sitcom heroine again. And not that much far after. No, no, like, yeah. Yeah, she is very much keeping in a sort of mold in this movie. 
it's interesting. That's all I'll say. Uh, but I think she does a great job. <laughs> yeah, no, she she plays she plays it straight so well. I think, uh, and we'll get into the other kids. I think of the kids, the most notable one has to be Christine Taylor. She looks just like Marsha Brady, but she yeah. was still someone who is in things at the time. Like this, this wasn't her big debut necessarily. If anyone is recognizable to my, as we said, micro generation from this movie. It is her as Marsha because <laughs> of the meme ability that came out of the second oh, movie. Oh, God, yes. Like, her sure jam is, <laughs> sure jam. is, I think, one of, is my favorite meme, I think, of all time. Yeah, she is, I think, perfect in this role. One of the funniest people in this in this movie she's great and the thing is like i I was trying to see if there was anything i noticed that she was in before this but not really so maybe she was discovered in this because i'm like oh the craft because she's in the craft but that's the next year right um she has a, a nice little arc on friends that's 97 the wedding singer that's 98 so maybe this was her debut i would love if she was just picked out because she looks like marcia brady <laughs> and she became famous from that that would make me so happy so if anyone knows about that sure Sure, it feels so stupid to say it, but this is a star performance. It's amazing, but for me, for me, and where the movie hits home, like, okay, a couple years ago, no one saw this, but they made like a Three Stooges remake or Three Stooges movie, and Benicio del Toro is one of the Stooges, and it's like, what? That's so dumb. And a lot of these movies, they try to cast all A-listers or at least like notable faces to play the tv characters and this i really truly felt like they casted who would be best at each part like sort of open auditions that's what it feels like because jan to me i love jan jan is my mvp especially in this one i think in the second one my feelings change a little maybe not because i do love the george class stuff but (laughs) just like like they take jan and crank it up to 11 and it's amazing. Like, why is it always me? Like, and she's like possessed and stuff. Oh, I love Jan here. She's played by an actor named Jennifer Elise Cox, who I've never seen anything else, and that's fine. Like, I think this movie, again, I feel like every statement of this movie can sound so silly, but I think this movie falls apart without this Jan performance. <laughs> without her being dialed to like a 14 and really just going for it. Yeah, I, rewatching this movie, I was like, Jan, Jan is, she's putting in the work. She's putting in the work for this movie. Putting in the work <laughs> might be the most interesting character in the film. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, and you know you know why? And I was trying to think why. We all feel like Jan at some point in our life. Maybe even every day we have Jan moments. And like Jan is all our inner voice somewhere here or there. Like, someone has jammed you at some point. There's some Marsha in your life somewhere. (laughs) Yep. Yep. She is relatable. She's the relatable queen of this movie. (laughs) Jan might as well. Like, if someone says, what does anxiety look like? (laughs) It's Jan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Honestly, everyone else. Like, Alice is amazing. The person who plays Alice. Henriette Mantel. Never seen her. Ever. Nope. Amazing. (laughs) Uh, Greg. Greg is awesome. Christopher Daniel Barnes. Because, like, I always liked Greg, related to him because he was the oldest. But this movie really points out how doofy he is. Well, yeah. They're all, like, a little played to be, like, a little, yeah, doofy. 
But he's he just played to be so dumb. Like so he just does not get it. <laughs> oh man. And uh Peter's good. There's not I mean there's there's a decent amount of Peter, but he's good. Played by a guy named Paul Sutera. I again I'm only shouting out these names because I think they did an amazing job. Um and then Bobby and Cindy, always to me the least interesting characters in the show just because they were like so young. I think they do a good job here. Uh, Jesse Lee Soffer plays Bobby. And Olivia Hack plays Cindy. And I love this Cindy. Like, they really, again, amplify Cindy with the lisp. And... Well, Cindy gets, like, a lot of airtime on this movie. <laughs> Which is weird. Bobby gets, like, virtually none. He gets, like, two scenes alone, I feel like. But yeah, Cindy Cindy gets a lot of uh, the tattletale, the whole tattletale part of it. <laughs> I want to run through just, like, other notable names here. We already said Dean Smart, but uh, Michael McKean playing her husband. Love Michael McKean and stuff. He He's great, and, and even yeah. great in this. And even today, he's still in stuff. Like, isn't he yeah, like Better mean, Call Saul? I've been, yeah, I've been rewatching Better Call Saul for the finale. So when I saw him, that was again like, oh my god, this is the guy? <laughs> this is the villain of the movie? I can't believe it. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, love, love him in this. And then just like uh, James a- Avery, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, just like yep. a, ra- a random neighbor. Someone who keeps popping up in teen movies that I've been covering lately is Marissa Ribisi. She's the redhead that Peter's into, and Giovanni oh, Ribisi's yeah. sister yep. in real life. She's in Pleasantville, which we just covered. She's also like in a uh, Felicity. She's in Dazed and Confused. Like she's. Appears a lot in the 90s, but I don't think anyone knows her name. She's actually Giovanni Ribisi's twin, so I think that's interesting. Oh, interesting. I, I want to shout out Alana Yubach as Noreen, Marsha's best friend, which this will be my second time on your podcast and my second time mentioning Euphoria, because she is having a tour de force performance on Euphoria. Oh my god, as, I, f- I forgot she was in that. Yep, as a as a mother of one of the girls, two of the girls actually, so she is she is really back in in the pop culture sphere. Yeah, you're right. She <laughs> is a mom in Euphoria. Totally forgot that. She's also in Legally Blonde. Yep, yep. She's one of the sorority sisters. Waiting to see that. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. So that's awesome. I get totally, totally forgot about all of that. That's really cool. It says Megan Ward as as Donna. I don't remember who Donna is in this movie, but Megan Ward has been in a bunch of stuff we've covered here. But I really sorry, Megan, I don't remember Donna in the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, I don't I don't think I remember her either. Yeah, I don't even I sorry. <laughs> if someone knows who she played, <laughs> let us know. But she's been in a ton of stuff. Um, okay, so controversial, and I'll just say why. RuPaul is in this as Mrs. Cummings. <laughs> yes. A guidance counselor. So there is another drag race connection here. However, I always thought this character was named Mrs. Mann. And I think I know why, as weird as it is. I believe the TV version changes it to that. Because obviously Cummings is a little bit more okay, than just just man. (laughs) I, I do have to say, this was my first introduction to who RuPaul was. Wow. I remember watching this movie with our mother. And me being like, who is that? <laughs> and our mom being like, that is RuPaul. And I was like, but I don't understand what's going on. She was like, that's a man dressed as a woman. 
And it, my mind, I think I went galaxy brained after that <laughs> a little bit. Wow. But yeah, that, that was my first introduction. Little did I know, years later, I would binge uh, 12 seasons of Drag Race in, in six weeks. So, <laughs> so it all started from this movie, I think. Insane. But yeah, uh, I know Mrs. Cummings, the guidance counselor, will make a cameo in the second film as well. I think a better cameo. I agree, a better camera, because uh, RuPaul plays this guidance counselor pretty straight. No, no, no pun intended. But, you know what I mean? It does. It, it just feels like RuPaul's acting here. In the second one, it's more drag queen-ish. Yeah, yeah. This one, she she just gets the line, what is it, Jan, come back when you're pregnant. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's just good. It's a good scene, but it, it's very much just shoved in there, I feel like. And then we get... And this was a little controversial. We get cameos from some of the Brady Bunch cast, but not all of it. So yeah. I wonder if they just didn't want to do it or whatever. But Florence Henderson comes back as the grandma. And I read she didn't want to, but they rewrote her role a little bit and paid her more. So, great. And B. Davis, the original Alice, mm-hmm. comes back as a truck driver. <laughs> yep. Barry Williams, uh, who played Greg, comes back as a record producer. And Christopher Knight is a coach, but I did not remember. When, do you remember when he's in the movie? Yeah, it's, um, it's. I think Peter is getting bullied in the cafeteria. Someone's getting bullied in the cafeteria, either Peter or Bobby. Oh, yeah, 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 and yeah. And he yeah. stopped the fight. Yeah, it's really brief. Yeah, it's, it's extremely brief. Uh, so no one else. I nope. mean, the, the dad died. So yeah. So he wasn't going to be in it. And, and the actress who plays Marsha has famously hated being Marsha. So, yeah, I, I guess that's why. And I, don't, I get I, it. I think the other ones might have not been seriously involved in acting. There's another cameo we'll save to later when we talk about scenes. I do have a question for you. Yes. What do you think the rules of this universe are? Do you think that the Bradys, like, came in a time machine? Are they just backward? Do they enjoy 70s nostalgia culture? Or what's going on? How are they stuck in the 70s and everyone else is in the 90s. Some like, question. Yeah. Oh, go. Do you think that their previous partners left them because of their 70s nostalgia? Because remember, this is a, this is a joint family. This is a modern family, if you will. I, I like to think that they, they love family so much. At one point, we see them square dancing together. <laughs> that they, they just basically don't do anything else except for hang out with each other. So they do not interact in that other world to speak for mr brady who goes to work and for some reason has never learned about new architectural styles for the past 20 years (laughs) i really have no answer to that but i mean it seems like everyone who grew up with them and went to high school knows their deal knows their shtick this is not new to them So, I, yeah, there's really no answer to that. But I like that the movie doesn't try to answer it. I like that they are just, it is what it is. And we're moving on. And we're figuring out their issues and we're solving them by the end of this movie. Yeah, I love how it's not like a 90s take on the Brady Bunch. This isn't like Scooby-Doo when yeah. that movie came out. It's like, oh, hot Freddie Prince and Sarah Michelle yeah. Gellar. Well, even that they... movie's coming back around. That movie is now a cult classic. I'm not, no, we I'm against on. it. I like it. But I'm saying like they still... Yeah. They're not like, why are you dressed like that? Mm-hmm. As far as I remember. And it's not like, again, modern Riverdale where it's like total modern thing. But it's <laughs> yeah. also not like they arrived on a spaceship from the 70s. You're right. Like people ask questions, but not enough. But I- I'll say this. 
that's very on par with the 90s where it's like you talk about somebody you know you weren't trying to figure out what was going on you're just like that's just what they're doing (laughs) yeah yeah exactly (laughs) exactly but yeah i i I love on the 70s love i wonder how much like attention oh obviously a lot but like how much money they spent of the budget remaking this house like figuring out what they wanted to do with this house did you read about that no I, i i didn't go into it so that was the main thing that they were focusing on and they actually went back to the house and the house of course surprise surprise had been renovated of course yeah so they they found like just another suburban home and they actually built like a fake exterior in front of that home to make it look like the brady's house and then they built everything else on a stage of course yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) again to a t that house is perfect perfect and it's so great. And we we get a little bit more of the Brady's in the wild than we do in the show. The show is like 90% in the house. Uh, but that's cool. That's like what I would have wanted as a Brady Bunch fan at the time. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie is, yeah, is exactly giving you like, it's giving you the nostalgia. But yeah, it's also giving you that that sort of like fantasy of like, yeah, I wonder what the Brady's are doing outside. <laughs> So I was worried at a couple moments in this movie that it was... It's stupid, this movie, obviously. But yes. there was a couple moments there I thought it was going to go too slapsticky. Specifically when Cindy, like, uh, goes over to the house and, like, all, uh, to the neighbor's house and all those moments where there's just, like, <laughs> it gets Looney Tunesy, But it doesn't lean into that too much, which I'm happy about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think my... Yeah, my reticence came a lot with the gene smart of it all <laughs> of her, how she reacts to the uh brady boys and the things <laughs> she says to them which allegedly there's a whole seduction of of i think peter seeing that happened that the original producer of the brady bunch had cut from the movie oh really <laughs> yeah because he thinks it apparently went too far well he, we are covering this in high school slumber party because most of the characters are in high school so <laughs> yes i get it and it would be funny but also i get it you know sherwood <laughs> schwartz i understand the move there <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i'm like i don't think anything was lost from this movie by us by that scene being cut i love her being thirsty for them though i think it's funny. <laughs> yeah really good really good <laughs> she tells cindy to yeah to let mr brady know that she'll wrap his package for christmas yeah. <laughs> that's an iconic line there's a lot of sexual innuendo in the in the movie not just like 90s putting on these like unsuspecting 70s people but also like it really highlights the weird kind of sexual innuendo in the actual brady bunch show between Mike, Mike Brady, and Carol, like like the bed yeah. scenes were just, <laughs> yeah. were just like, and and I feel like it adds in the good. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, the maid, Alice, um, Alice, yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, Alice, yeah, the whole Alice of it all, but also Alice being like, just like watching all of this happen and commenting on it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like that whole part is really great in this movie. In the same tone too, like. I'll never get a ring kind of thing. And then yeah. with, with <laughs> yeah. Sam the Butcher and when he's there later and like, Sam, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I was just uh, delivering some meat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, so good. It's funny because it doesn't, it also doesn't take the movie to like rated R levels. It just like ticks it up a little where it's pointing at what's already there just a little bit more obviously. Yeah. Which I think 
was probably definitely still a risk. Because, like, I imagine a lot of people were like, oh, Brady Bunch family film. (laughs) True, yeah. I mean, I watched this movie, I assume, pretty young. But I don't know if I necessarily was, like, understanding everything that was happening in this movie still. This is one of those movies where, like, a kid could watch it because it there's no obvious thing and things are just going to go over their heads or not go over their heads, but it's not enough to like damage a child. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So on my list that I have early on that we haven't talked about already, love how they do the opening song. I think that's cool. I love again, Greg's lameness. Like I might ask her for a soda after school <laughs> Yeah. or like the stupid, like clowns never laughed before. <laughs> Well, the Johnny Bravo of it all. Johnny Bravo, yeah. <laughs> and again, boom, 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 like a machine gun. Things from the TV show. Like, <laughs> yep. funny things from the TV show. Things from the TV show. <laughs> Anything early, earlier in the movie that uh, really stuck out at you? Or just things... Oh, oh, sorry. This one I don't want to forget. How Mike Brady talks on the phone. Like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. And it's yeah. so true to the show. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and then you get Shelley Long's, like, up and down reactions to every single one of his. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I love that. So anything, yeah, anything you specifically wanted to talk about? Well, I think just uh, the intro to the movie, I love. I love the sign on the on the 405, I assume, that says, Drive-By, Gang War, Riot. The tra- It's like a traffic sign. I think that's so 90s. I love that. Another thing I love, the carjacking scene. <laughs> I don't know why I always love this. Is, I think, somehow one of the most memorable scenes of this entire movie. <laughs> like, it's like, it's a carjack. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's Greg. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's not Jack, it's Greg. But it's also very 90s, like the idea of carjacking. And what you said, too, that opening yeah. of like just the, in the 90s, like today, but for different reasons, everyone thought the world was coming to an end for like, you know, pollution. I guess that's the same <laughs> yeah. reason. But, you know, there's a lot of similarities. I have a lot of different stuff. Just, like, the angst of the time It's like, depicted here. And it's, a, like, for 90s people, it was supposed to be juxtaposed with these positive 70s people. But I'll say this. The 70s, a decade much like the 90s, a decade much like this decade to, uh, today, kind of crappy when you walked out of your house, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 70s were not the golden age of America, not even, or at least even perception-wise, not even close. The Brady Bunch is not a, a proper reflection of the 70s. It's just a projection of what people wanted in, like, a family home in the 70s. Or what again, the creators of the show wanted. It's <laughs> yeah. definitely not, like, a realistic 70s tale, right? They're not, like, walking in Times Square seeing, like, porn theaters and getting <laughs> mugged. So it is funny that these 90s people are looking back at these 70s people, like... Why are you so positive when, honestly, real 70s people would not even been close to as positive as, as Brady Bunch? Of course, of course. Like, like muggings existed in the <laughs> 70s. Probably worse. Yeah, very much. <laughs> like, but yeah, that, that scene, for some reason, yeah, has stood the test of time in my brain. <laughs> I was a little shocked about uh, Jan's glasses, that she doesn't want to wear them so, so much, even though... I own those glasses. Those are my glasses right now, <laughs> essentially. Well, like, let's, let's be honest. 70s culture, not everything, yeah. but so much of that came back. So it's probably <laughs> less jarring to people uh, now than it was to people watching this movie in the 90s. Yeah, and I think on, on the fashion note, Mr. Brady's suits <laughs> are unreal. 
I would wear some of them. Some parts of them. So Maybe the suit jackets. <laughs> I was going to say the jackets are great. The pants. And not the pants on their own. The pants on their own are great too. The combos he wears are terrible. Because he wears like plaid on, on like another print, on another print, on another print. Yeah, like... There was like circular psychedelic <laughs> pattern ties on top of like, yeah, like a plaid shirt. Oh, <laughs> oh, so bad. But my favorite scene in the first half of this movie is Jan's nightmare. Jan, you don't have any friends. You're just jealous, Jan. Go back to sleep, Cindy. Jan, don't. Marcy's hair is so beautiful. Exactly. That's why I'm going to get a lot of money when I sell it. (laughs) Jan, what are you doing? Oh, Marsha, I love your hair. Ooh, what a groovy hairdo. Oh, you're so beautiful. No. She's supposed to look bad. No! No! What a horrible dream. <laughs> Cut, cutting Marsha's hair. And it looks better. And everyone's <laughs> like, Marsha, it looks so good. I was screaming during that scene. It's so good. And just, again, Jan, the Jan-Marsha dynamic is great. Just Jan... Brushing her hair. Sorry, Marsha. Brushing her hair. Everything perfect. And I would argue that this Jan's Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is better than the Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from the TV show. I, I completely agree. <laughs> it's it's really come to a true form in this movie. <laughs> so good. Just more on the Marsha Jan thing. We get the classic, oh my nose. You know, she breaks her nose and they really <laughs> exaggerate how it looks. <laughs> yes. But I love, yeah. again, when uh, Jan's nose gets bit. Well, first, when, when, Jan, when Jan's date picks her up with the nose and he sees her and she's like, oh, I didn't think you'd want to go out with me. And he goes, your nose is not what I'm after. Something along those lines. <laughs> Hi, I'm Doug Simpson. Marsha's date. Oh, right. The big man on campus. Come on in, Doug. Marsha, Doug's here. Hi, Doug. Big man on campus, huh? Yeah, right. Hi, Doug. Hi, Marsha. Is anything wrong? Sweetheart, I think you better show him. Suppose you don't want to go out with me now, huh? Oh, of course I do. It's not your nose I'm after. That's a fine boy Marsha's got there. Oh, Marsha, it looks like rain. You better take your shawl. Thanks. Uh, Doug, how about you? Do you have any protection? Oh, yes, ma'am. Assorted colors and textures. Good for you. They think it's like a wholesome line. Like, oh, <laughs> oh like, I'm not going after you for your nose. <laughs> <laughs> But I really want to bring up when Jan wakes up and sees that Marsha's nose has healed and just screams. (laughs) Yes. 
Oh my god, yeah. They struck gold just with, like, mining the, that relationship and making making Jan just, like, absolutely psychotic over it. And the show is so rewatchable, I think, ironically, because, like I said, I don't think anyone's rewatching it today, that, again, they're able to mine this show for a second movie with very memorable stuff. It wasn't, like, the well wasn't dried up. <laughs> no. No. It, well, they, they obviously go on the same things of Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Later on when we get in the movie, when they when they might have to sell their house, and they're saying, like, we'll have to go to a new school. Jan says, we'll have to make new friends. And Marsha turns to her and says, well, Jan, you don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like, sort of transfers into the whole George Glass of it all. Next, <laughs> next movie. But yeah, amazing. I like to think of this movie that, like, if you were to tell someone who never saw the Brady Bunch what each character was like, you'd be like... Greg, you know, he's kind of cool, but he's, like, into his own thing. At one point, he changes to a character called Johnny Bravo. He's trying to make it his musician. <laughs> and your friend would be like, that's kind of lame. And you're like, you know what? That's right. Mar- like, Marsha's Marcia's great. You know, she's a little bit of an overachiever. You know, really into her looks. And like, oh, I don't know what else I have to say. Jam gets really jealous of Marsha. And, <laughs> like, and what about the kids? It's like, Cindy's got a lisp, and I don't know about Bobby. I don't really remember Oh, and yeah, Peter's voice changes and stuff. You know, like... They, Peter and goes just, through puberty. They really, really hit on these notes so well. <laughs> Again, just going through my list here that I have that we haven't said yet. Just uh, the throwaway 90s lines, like, oh, it's harder to get into than a Pearl Jam concert. <laughs> That's one of them. But also when the girls... So again, they need $20,000 for their house, so the girls decide... Uh, so Marsha and Jam decide to, like, take up modeling. And they meet a model, and it's like, oh, where do you model? Like, where do you model for guess? And she's like, I forgot, she's just some seventies brand. She's like, guess jeans. She's like, Levi's, blah blah blah. It's like so dumb. But, Oshkosh Bagosh. Yeah, Oshkosh Bagosh. <laughs> but when the modeling guy, I feel like that was supposed to be a cameo, but it's not a famous person, you know, but like yeah. the the photographer. But when he picks um, Marsha. And he's like, you need to do this. You need to lose 20 pounds. You need to get plastic surgery. You need to cut your hair. You need to do that. And like, she doesn't get mad at anything else, but she goes, cut my hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I love, I love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just have to hit on the whole like guest jeans thing again, because that for some reason is like the second scene that lives in my mind forever. Cause I also think probably that was the first time I ever heard the who's on first like joke structure. <laughs> in my entire life because <laughs> like I, I remember thinking that was the funniest thing i had ever heard <laughs> like I, I yeah that scene is is just incredible yeah no that's a great scene so marcia's on this committee for this dance they have yes. another arc that's very uh brady bunch it's, it's an episode where two guys ask her to the dance and something suddenly came up becomes her excuse not to go with the one the nicer guy whatever but uh, she's trying to get Davy Jones of famous Brady Bunch guest starring fame, but also of the monkeys to sing at this 90s dance. And eventually, um, whatever, she goes on the date with the guy. It doesn't work out because he's just trying to, you know, go further with her. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, Davy Jones actually shows up to this high school dance. And one of my favorite scenes is no one knowing who he is. But all the teachers running up because it's him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. They like freak out. <laughs> I do love the rest of the school dancing with Marsha. 
at the end of it. <laughs> that, that is very fun. They get into it eventually. But also, the, the like, uh, grunge added to it. Yeah. It's not a bad song. <laughs> Can I have your attention, please? I have some news that's going to make everyone flip. Hey, what about me? I, I thought he might show up, but I didn't want to get all your hopes. Marsha did it again. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. The theory is Davy Jones. Thanks a lot for being here, Davy. I mean, Mr. Jones. Anything for my number one fan. funny because in the show this is the song that he sings and if you watch the episode the davy jones episode they might say davy jones a thousand times in in the episode definitely like davy jones the management company gave money to, to the brady bunch to like have him guest star because he had a new album or something but he sings this song in the brady bunch and they took the same song which is great no one's dancing and then like the grunge band that's playing at this high school dance starts to back him up and oh my god, it's actually good. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Look what yeah, girl. you've done to yeah. me. Yeah, it sounds actually good. Like, I would definitely dance to that. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was in that audience, I would act the same as everyone else. I'd be like, what is happening? <laughs> like, and then I'd get into it. It sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, whatever. Like, it, it's, co- it's cool. It's <laughs> cool. I always thought that this was towards the end of the movie, but it's actually towards the middle. Me too. I thought this was, like, the last thing in the movie. <laughs> oh, the okay. So a couple other things I want to mention. Because this movie's not worth going scene by scene because it's just, again, funny <laughs> funny bits. But Mike Brady's trying to sell an architectural project. I still laugh that every single architectural project that he pitches is just the Brady Bunch house. Like, it's as a gas so station, dumb. as a gym... <laughs> it's so dumb what does his neighbor tell him tell them he was arrested for or something does oh, he have it? i forgot i forgot i just watched this movie too but i i love that when he when he tanks he tanks the deal <laughs> but yeah but then then oh then eventually yeah, it, it, we it's, get... it's that he built the last thing he built was a uh old folks home that crumbled, <laughs> crumbled on everyone on christmas day yeah, on Christmas Day. That's yeah. That's amazing. But yeah, we're, we're I feel like we're we're talking around a big scene. What? Uh, put put on your Sunday best. We're going to Sears. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> but I thought that was because they celebrate his like Well, yeah. Because he because yeah. he wins or he gets like one of the bids for the architecture. Great scene when they go to Sears. <laughs> Extremely good scene. People are going to think we're crazy if you've never seen this movie and listened to it, listening today. But this is great writing. <laughs> it's so funny. 
<laughs> also, I, I can't believe I haven't said this. I watched this with my partner, Nick, who very obviously has never seen this movie before. And very obviously has not watched the Brady Bunch. Wow. And so this is just like, I think there were no words to be said <laughs> about what was happening. And the fact that, what are they saying? Uh, is Sunshine Day. Sunshine Day. Over this. Yeah. And I knew, I know every lyric to this song. <laughs> and he was like, what is happening? What? He was like, is this a Brady Bunch song? I was like, yeah. So that's, that's actually good. I'm glad you bring him up because... Like, he's someone you said has never seen the movie, has never seen the show. What, what was his reaction to this? It must have just been pure chaos. I think, well, I mean, obviously it wasn't as funny to him as it was to me. Part of it is the nostalgia element. Of, I've seen this movie probably It's doubly years nostalgia, ago. because if it's not, yeah, it's the nostalgia yeah. from the show that you've seen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, we, we skipped over it, but like, when, when they mention Tiger, the dog, like, where's Tiger? <laughs> like, just knowing that, like, they had a dog at one point in the show and they just never referenced it ever again. Like, I laughed at that. I laughed at Marsha's nose and had to be like, well, in the show, this thing happened. <laughs> like, it's not very fun to watch a movie with someone who's like that. Who's, <laughs> who's like, stopping me and like, yeah. yeah, well, in the show. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, the horse statue. <laughs> which is big in the second movie. Which is huge in the second movie, which I think... I think it's not big in the show. I think it's just in the background. No, it's just show. in the background of the show. It's just a random horse statue. But, but it's huge they... in the movie, in the second movie. Was there anything redeemable about this movie for him? Was there anything funny? <laughs> I think Gene Smart. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really think it was it was Gene Smart that, that he was like, what? No, you've got to be kidding me. And, and RuPaul a little bit, but Gene Smart has... Has way more scenes. Really, truly, and we'll ask this question later, but it's answered right now. This is only a movie for people who have seen The Brady Bunch, 100%. Yes, yes. (laughs) Like, I think uh, the Gene Smart line, oh, two Brady's? I'll tell you what, when you're done, why don't you come in and help me make a sandwich? (laughs) It's just a hilarious Gene Smart line. (laughs) This is almost like a long SNL sketch, right? It is. It is. If you don't know the reference in SNL and you watch a sketch, you're like, I don't get it. But if you know it, you're like, it's like hilarious. It's just like that. Yeah. It's back to the Wayne's world of it all almost. <laughs> like, yeah. They have the same DNA. <laughs> okay. So here are the other things I had uh, that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, I, I get, you know, Jan disappears at one point and she runs away <laughs> yeah. and real Alice picks her up, but hi, whatever, hijinks ensue. I like when they're at. Is I think they're uh, Michael McKeon's at the mall, and he gets trampled on because someone says Tori Spelling is there. <laughs> yeah, like debuting yeah. a new cologne, very nineties. <laughs> That's good. Um, they end up entering a talent contest, which I feel like they always did in the Brady Bunch to get the twenty thousand dollars. Which again, because Mike Steele's false or whatever, but we get a Brady Bunch sing along. Which, well, not the most memorable song, but it definitely was on the show that, like, driving on a highway and a Yeah, keep you... on. Yeah, keep on. That's what it's called. Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew every word to that <laughs> one, too. So, so, memorable for me. Everyone ends up well. We haven't really talked about, like, Peter and that girl, but Peter's yeah. voice. Because in the show, like, he's a famous episode where his voice changes, and it's really exaggerated yeah. in the show. And it, for this one, it changes literally to, like, Elvis's voice <laughs> for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. So uh, dumb. We do have to say that they only win the competition because the judges are the monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> a thing 
I didn't understand this time. Have never understood. And only understood because I looked it up. Because <laughs> I was like, obviously that's a reference to something. My guess is that, like, Davy Jones is in the movie. Obviously. He's in the monkeys. And he was like, oh, can my friends be in the movie? And like, eh, we'll make them judges here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Because it really is random. But, yeah, they win this competition in those classic Brady jumpsuits. Wait, I think... I think I have a good answer for the question you asked me before. What? Uh, about about why, why the Bradys are the way they are. I think everyone thinks they're Mormons. Because <laughs> <laughs> at one point we do get a, a throwaway line that like they should move to Utah or something. That's not that crazy. Like Donnie and Marie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think they make an Osmonds joke. <laughs> yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> but yeah, I digress. No, I also wrote down while watching it. It's like, it's almost like an Amish person going to a regular high school, right? <laughs> yeah, like a rumspringa like, <laughs> <laughs> sort of event. That's interesting. That's interesting. And, and the movie sort of ends, you know, they win the prize money and everyone's sort of happy where they are in their lives, right? Except, except Jan. Because what, Grandma Brady comes and she's played by Florence Henderson. She like goes, you're so beautiful. And Jan thinks she's talking about her, but it's... It's Marsha, and then we have another <laughs> yeah. Crazy Jan moment. And the fact that the movie ends with a Crazy Jan moment just tells you that everyone, test audiences, writers, directors, everybody is like, Jan's the MVP right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think you're, you're really forgetting that that's not the end end of the movie. What's the end end? Cindy goes oh, crazy. Oh, yes. <laughs> How Cindy gets her inner voice, her inner, uh, like, schizophrenic voice. <laughs> Look how pretty you have gotten. Oh, those clothes. Oh, what taste. And that smile. Oh, Marsha, you are such a beauty. Everyone loves Marsha. No one loves you. Watch my lesbian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No! Stop it! I can't take it anymore! <laughs> Jan! Cut the crap. Thank you, Grandma. Oh, there. Cindy. What? Jan get all the attention? Yeah. It's always Jan, Jan, Jan. And it's so great in that Cindy voice. <laughs> yeah. Which I do have to say, Cindy kind of looks like 35 in some scenes of this movie. <laughs> she gives me like... What that that horror movie Orphan? Yeah, <laughs> uh, she gives me like the, those vibes in this movie. Different hair color, but same style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything exactly. else in your notes or or whatever that you want to talk about here today? Because this is not a great movie to talk linearly. It's a vignette sort of movie, so you got to watch it. And again, you have to watch however many seasons of the Brady Bunch they were to really get it. So apologies if you haven't seen any of it, and if you have. I hope you're just as nostalgic as we are and having such a good time talking about this film. <laughs> I, I do have to say, there was one line in here that I, I don't think I've ever noticed before, but I think Greg is giving one of the kids, like, dating advice, probably Peter or something, and he, he gives him some advice, and Peter's like, oh, that works? And he says, trust me, 
it always gets a reaction. <laughs> and that, one, that one just really made me laugh this time. <laughs> but again, I feel like part of watching this movie for me was just like, all oh, right, that happens in the second one. <laughs> like, oh, all right, Greg and Marsha move to the upstairs in the second one together. <laughs> Which again is another episode just amped up to yeah. 11. More. Yeah. I am to the 30 in that one. <laughs> but no, we, we we hit every everything I we had to talk about in this movie. Quick uh, quick ranking of characters and interestingness, if you will, right? Okay. This is my I'm not gonna do every character, but like Jan's number one for me. I know Gene Smart's kind of probably rank higher for you, but I'm putting Greg next because he's just so doofy. Then Mike Brady. Maybe Mike Brady over Greg, because again, not interesting, but like in terms of I laughed at the most. <laughs> um, Carol was pretty good. Alice. Oh, Mar- oh, God. It's tough. There's definitely, a, there's definitely a tier one for me and then a tier two of like Bobby. Yeah, do, do it. Your top three is Jan, Greg, Mike. Yes, yes. That's yeah. my top three. What is your top three? I think my top three is Jan... Marsha, Mike. Yeah, no, because Marsha's great too. Yeah, I think Marsha is just really giving, like, like I don't know. I feel like the character every like gay boy loves, <laughs> like that—that that is Marsha, and I feel like that's kind of Marsha in the original Brady Bunch because she's like the pretty popular girl, but like she's just so her face is so funny in this movie when she's reacting and the way she just cuts Jan down. She's so good. Just so direct. So ruthlessly. <laughs> yeah. Really, this is weird, but it reminded me of like women rappers like Nicki Minaj and yeah. like she Megan just takes the Stallion. Her down. You know, like just, yeah. <laughs> it was just crazy I know to say, but like there's an element of that there just like, oh, but you're not pretty enough. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just like, when it comes to Jan, to Marsha, she's just going to tell her exactly as it is, or exactly how she sees it. And she, and she doesn't feel like she's being mean, either. No. Just... <laughs> and I love that none of the other kids feel like she's being mean. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> it, it is completely normal to them. Marsha is who we want to be, but Jan is probably who we really are. <laughs> exactly. Or, or, or a Greg. Or some a Greg, us, yeah. Some of us are a Greg. So, some of us are a Greg, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know some Greg. So. <laughs> so let me ask my uh, questions that I ask every week. Who was this movie made for? I, I mean, I think we answered it like fans of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Any Anyone else you want to put in that list? Is it fans who watched the Brady Bunch originally? No, you're right. You're right. I think it's like your, it's like the children of the fans. <laughs> Rewatch fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rewatch fans. Absolutely, that's a good call. All right, most likely to succeed. Which character won the movie? So we already said Jan's our MVP, but who really, like in their world, who comes out most on top at the end of this film? I think it's got to be Marsha for me. Marsha was on my list, like, because she's there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard to well, argue she gets, with that. She gets she gets Davy Jones. Like, even though, <laughs> like, everyone else is like, what is happening? She's like, this is the greatest night of my life. She She has growth. A lot happens to her. She has a modeling career. Well, until they tell her she has to cut her hair. <laughs> so the two other people I had in the running, but because I had Marsha as well, was 
Mike Brady because he's the patriarch of the family, and it's very clear in those dynamics, right? Like, he never gives up. His architectural thing does get bought, but, again, it gets rejected eventually, so not him. But also low-key, Marsha's friend, I forgot her name, because even though... Uh, Noreen. Has, Noreen. She has unrequited love for Marsha. She meets someone else and she seems happy. But it's Marsha. Marsha started at the top and ends at the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like she barely even has a bottom, like a low point. In Her this low movie. is the nose and it's not even that bad. And then <laughs> yeah. miraculously heals. Yeah, it's perfect. You, even in someone else's nightmare where they cut her hair, she ends up on top. <laughs> I, I think there's no beating Marsha. <laughs> Or Wooderson Award. Is there a character in the film who you would have liked to have seen more of? Obviously, my mind goes somewhere extremely quick. I think I would go with Miss Miss Jean Smart. <laughs> I need to see Fair. more, and and maybe Miss Cummings, Miss Miss Man. I'd be interested. Which I know I get more, so I I, I would go with Jean Smart. I don't think Jean Smart's in the sequel, so we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll go I'll, I'll go with someone I don't get. I don't get more of. <laughs> All right, Cameron Fry Award. Now this isn't like a. Everyone's in high school in this movie, but this this award is for someone who looks too old to be in high school. Now, there's four characters that we know are in high school, right? Greg, and then, of course, ancillary characters. So, of the Bradys, it's Greg, Marsha, Jayon, and Peter. And then we have, like, the people they interact with. Anyone here not look like a high schooler? I feel like it has to be, it has to be, like, the, the son of the villain. Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, like the guy with the middle part, the 90s middle part. <laughs> He, yeah, there's no way he's not, like, edging 30. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it has to be him. I agree, I agree with that. (laughs) Okay, difficult every week. We're probably going to go against the grain with this, I don't know, but uh, we have to grade the film, so I'm going to hand you the manila card, the red pen, A plus to F scale here on High School Slumber Party. But first, we need our cheat sheet. Rotten Tomatoes, 63% by the critics. 47% 47% by the audience. Letterboxd, though, the film nerd's there. 3.1 out of 5. And anything in the threes on Letterboxd is, like, pretty good. Yeah, so, I'm impressed by that. <laughs> but what's your grade, Kenny? What's your letter grade, Kenny, for the Brady Bunch movie? I think I give it a, a B. Nice. Honestly, I gave it a B originally, but talking it out today, I was thinking about the B+. But I might reserve that for the sequel, so I agree with you. Solid B here. Fun movie if you've seen if you've seen the show and it's short too. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's under. I think it's eighty nine minutes. The thing is though, am I ready to fire up this movie again and watch the whole thing? Not, <laughs> I don't know. If I... Not this year. <laughs> no, but again, like this year, if it's on TV and I flip through, I will be watching at least fifteen minutes of it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's one of those movies that's on TV that uh, you're right. I sit and I watch. So, <laughs> yeah. we are at the slumber party together. We have custom Brady Bunch movie sleeping bags. What does your sleeping bag look like? Oh, that's that's a good one. I think I have a Davy Jones sleeping bag. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I think it's just covered in Davy Jones. So, I had some ideas for mine. I thought maybe I would do, like, something like uh infringe and like orange or something that looks like one of their outfits from the dance but you know what i'm gonna leave it up to mike brady to design my sleeping bag and i'm assuming it's gonna look like the house some way right (laughs) yeah maybe it looks like it's stone in the front 
That's good. That's a good one. That's definitely a good one. <laughs> I like the stairs they have. It's just that like kind of nothing stairs, but like the carpeted stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. I I definitely want mine to have like Davy Jones fan club branding on it. <laughs> like uh, like maybe a Marsha Marsha Brady signature as president. Okay, my favorite question every week: rent two movies, get one free. You and I were in the magical blockbuster that has every movie that has ever existed. We know that we are renting the Brady Bunch movie to watch on this slumber party, but we see a sign at the counter that says rent two movies, get one free. And I said, Kenny, go to the back, get two other movies. Let's make this a full triple feature slumber party. What two other movies would you watch with the Brady Bunch movie? Okay, if I have two other movies, one has to be a very Brady sequel. Fair. The other one, a little out of left field, I'm going with Galaxy Quest. Oh, because uh, I like that because Galaxy Quest is not a real TV show, but it's almost the opposite premise, right? Like a TV show, a fictional TV show, and they have to play their real selves. <laughs> yep, yep. And it is like lovingly an homage to a real TV show. Yeah. Still like a parody of it. And good. And it actually good. good. Underrated, <laughs> underrated. Do you remember the catchphrase of Galaxy Quest? I do not. I only remember is it is Todd the one who keeps getting killed or guy, something? Guy. Guy. By what, guy. He played by what's yeah. his name? Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah, guy. <laughs> but it, it's, it's never give up, never surrender. Oh my god. I remember that. I only bring it up because when I when you were saying the movie, I was like, what's the catchphrase? And I actually said this is screwed up, but I said in my head, Stephen Hawking's catchphrase from that that movie with uh, Eddie Redmayne, where he's like, "Where there is life, there is hope." Oh my god! <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, it's not that. <laughs> it's not that. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, after watching this, I was like, for some reason, I was like, oh, I gotta watch Galaxy Quest. That uh, it's been so long. Let me paint a picture for you. Right, you're at home, you have cable, and you're watching USA or TNT or TBS or something, right? And you catch the Brady Bunch movie halfway through. And for whatever reason, the remote's too far, and you don't want to push that guide button, and you're just letting it ride through. And you're wondering, oh, I hope the very Brady sequel's next. And it's not. But the credits start to roll for Galaxy Quest. You're staying for a little bit. (laughs) Of course, yeah. There's no (laughs) way I'm not. Honestly, like, in a way, maybe I'd be a little let down. But I feel like I'd be even more excited. I'd be like, I didn't even know I needed this. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So that's why I like the pick. Well, Kenny, this was a blast. I'm glad it didn't waste your time. Because when I thought about it, I was a little worried. I'm like, I don't really know your history with the Brady Bunch. So I don't know. We talked about it. But this movie... Because again, like you said, like Nick. If Nick was on this podcast, this would be a very hard podcast to record. Because he has no experience with it. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't get a lot of feedback. Well, thanks again. Anything you want to promote or plug or whatever you want to say, go for it. <laughs> no, just thank you for having me. I randomly love this movie, even well, though it doesn't really fit into my my uh, life story. But but I love this. And yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat of a Brady Bunch scholar of sorts. So I was happy to be here and, get, and give my knowledge. Well, hope to have you back for the sequel. And I you know, can't wait I to talk about it. I definitely hope to be back. As, <laughs> as we talked, it is... It is the superior Brady Bunch movie. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you. 
Big thank you to my brother, Kenny Rodriguez, for appearing on the show today and talking this film, the Brady Bunch movie from 1995. We'll definitely talk the sequel. I don't know. While editing this, I'm like, maybe we should talk the drag one, too. That would be really, really fun. And not to be a Mike Brady, but I think the lesson we can take from the show is is something that Kenny mentioned towards the end, right? He hit an amazing point. The movie isn't so much for the original Brady Bunch fans, as I might have been saying in the episode. It's really for the fans who discovered the show in the 90s and, you know, didn't experience it in the 70s or even discovered the show today, arguably, if they did. I think the movie's more for them because it was really something that pointed out, like, hey, we know what you're watching. We know how silly it is. We get it. And we love it for the same exact reasons. And that's why I love this movie. That's why Kenny loved this movie. And I cannot wait, once again, to talk the sequel. (laughs) It is October. It is spooky month. We have some stuff to talk about. Halloween films, spooky films, scary films. And I guess, you know, I guess with the show being on the rocks, theoretically... Well, on the rocks is such a... I should have used, like, a spooky metaphor. This is why This is why we're getting canceled. But, <laughs> no. In all seriousness, the next episode we're going to talk a film. It's a new film. And I'm going to bring my wife on because she's contractually obligated to speak about this film and all its future sequels. We'll be talking the recently released Hocus Pocus 2. I banish thee from Salem forever. They were right to fear thee. Magic has a way of uniting. Happy 16th birthday, child. I have a gift for my favorite customers. Legend has it, it's on the 16th birthday that a witch gets her powers. We have to steal their souls. Whoa, 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 wait. Can we talk about this? No. (laughs) We must fly. (laughs) We run up a cow. Not freak out. The provincial maniac obsessed with getting revenge on Salem. Sounds very bad for Salem. (laughs) We should get some salt. Why? So it tastes better when they eat us? Get under. Stop! I am a good zombie! So that's your homework. Watch Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney+. Plus. Come back to this feed if you're subscribed. It'll just be in your, I don't know what you call it, not your inbox, but your app somewhere. It'll be downloaded. So have a listen. Once again, my wife Nicole will be on 
Hopefully we'll both survive that without an argument. No, no, no. It looks like a fun movie. I can't wait to talk about it. So check that out. A couple more things, and one of them being remembering, of course, that life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And the other thing is, instead of just hitting the hay, instead of crawling up into our sleeping bag and ending this slumber party, I want you to put on your Sunday best. Because we're going to Sears. Later, friends. So let's celebrate. Put on your Sunday best, kids. We're going to Sears. It's over. Go home. Go.